This Ucast is brought to you by Singapore International Energy Week and Money FM 89.3 in partnership with ExxonMobil. Welcome to another Ucast. I'm your host Michelle Martin. SU, or the Singapore International Energy Week, is an annual platform where energy professionals, policymakers, and commentators come together to exchange best practices and solutions within the global energy space. Today, we're happy to welcome global investment company Tamasic to the podcast. The company has grown its 1974 portfolio of 35 Singapore-based companies to become a global investment giant with a 382 billion Sing dollar portfolio as at March 2023. So how does this generational investor based right here in Singapore view its role in Asia's energy transition and what are its strategies to charting a greener future while delivering sustainable value? Joining me today is Kyung Ah Park, head of ESG Investment Management and MD of Sustainability for Tamasic. Thank you so much for coming on the Siu Cast, Kyung Ah. Well, thank you for having me. It's a very topical uh, area, so looking forward to the discussion. Maybe we could start with a step back. Help us understand what Tamasic Holdings' overarching vision and mission is in the context of ESG, and how would you characterize Tamasic's commitment to this cause? Well, as you said, we are a long-term generation investor. So inevitably, we own、uh, the tail risk that comes from the growing climate crisis. As well as its increasing degradation of nature and rising societal challenges, so really leaning in to help address these environmental and social issues really goes hand in hand with managing the long-term risks and building a long-term resilient portfolio. The good news is it's also about capturing a very large market opportunity by investing into sustainable solutions, scaling them. And then transitioning the global economy, of which energy is one of the very big areas, it actually provides a significant opportunity to enable long-term financial returns that are sustainable, but also really protect the planet and uplift communities. So in many ways, it's a trifecta of financial returns, environmental, and social, and hence why we put sustainability at the core of everything we do, because we firmly believe that doing good goes hand in hand with doing well. Doing good and doing well at the same time. In the midst of current challenges, though, from the global economic landscape to rising interest rates, even geopolitical tensions, how does Tamasic navigate these challenges while staying resolute to its commitment to sustainability and its investment objectives? Yeah, no, it's a great question because、uh, we are heading into a much more volatile and complex environment. But at the core of it, we aim to really build a resilient and forward-looking portfolio that really can help us navigate and manage the challenges that come with these different, you know, market cycles, as well as growing externalities as well, right? And we do it through two big levers. One is how we allocate capital, where we are actually increasingly aligning our capital allocation to four key structural trends, which we believe are very long-term durable across different market cycles. As well as actually cross-cutting,、uh, regardless of markets and sectors, and these are sustainable living, digitization, the future of consumption, as well as longer lifespans. And sustainable living, in particular, is really a mega trend. Given again, if you want to create a sustainable future, we have to transition our global economic systems, and it requires a multi-trillion-dollar-per-year investment. That's a challenge, but also a very big opportunity. 
So we are leaning in and investing into companies that really drive, enable, and benefit from this mega trend in areas such as water, waste, you know, sustainable food and ag, the built environment, you know, all the way through uh, clean energy and mobility. So it is a very big investment opportunity for us. And we look for companies that have durable competitive advantage, large accessible markets, as well as uh, you know, a competitive moat from the perspective of balance sheet resiliency, as well as management strength. The second lever that we harness is integrating material, environmental and social issues alongside strong sound governance in all of the investments that we do, right? And coming back to where we started around climate, you know, given that is a growing urgent issue and it really is a pervasive issue, we actually look at both physical risk and transition risk across all of our investments and internalize the carbon price. It's right now at $50 US dollars per ton, and it's gonna to go to 100 US dollars per ton by 2030 to ensure that all of our investments are long-term resilience when inevitably more and more of that carbon externality is going to get priced in. So the company will be raising its internal carbon price? That's right, for investments. So de facto it becomes a carbon spread on the carbon footprint of our investees that we then have to have a higher return against. How does Tomasic approach financing Asia's energy transition and what actions does Tomasic take to support climate action here in the region? Well, the Asia region is absolutely critical when it comes to the transition and a sustainable future, but it's also incredibly complex, right? Because Asia accounts for about half of the global greenhouse gas emissions, and the majority of its energy system is actually fossil-based and particularly coal energy dependent. It's also a region where 60% of the global population resides, and many of them actually reside in economies that are still emerging and developing. And so having energy access, affordable energy and reliable energy is absolutely critical. It's also the region that happens to be among the most vulnerable, unfortunately, when it comes to extreme weather events, as, as we've seen, unfortunately, uh, you know, transpire given droughts, flooding and so forth. And so it is a big challenge. But again, with challenge comes opportunity sets. And the way we think about it, certainly for the region, but also globally, We've got to harness all of the key levers. And let me talk about three primary ones that we're harnessing. One is investing into climate aligned opportunities. These are green solutions that we have to scale. And an example of that is we have a partnership with EQT in a renewable energy platform in India that is scaling utility scale, solar, wind, and hybrid projects. So that's a good example of really helping India's green transition. A second uh, you know, lever that we're harnessing is really enabling carbon negative solutions. And we have a dedicated platform called Gen Zero that is investing to technology and nature-based solutions and carbon market ecosystem enablers. And just to give you a different juxtaposition around this, I talked about large utility scale projects in India, uh, but Gen Zero is actually investing into quite a number of different opportunity sets, including uh, energy efficient clean cookstoves in Southeast Asia. So these are literally cookstoves that enable communities to be able to you know, replace kerosene as well as um, coal, and in some cases, biomass wood. Uh, so you have the carbon benefit, reduced deforestation, but importantly, health benefits, given many of the um, you know, households uh, are small, vulnerable areas and underserved, and there's a lot of smoke inhalation that happens, particularly for women and young children. 
So again, you have that environmental and social benefit, right? And then the third lever is really encouraging and engaging around the decarbonization of incumbent companies, both in their portfolio, as well as targeted investment in great to green transition. And another example of this, uh, you know, in Singapore is Singapore Airline. It's a hard to bait sector. We all like to travel. And so we have been partnering with, with, partnering with them as well as the Civil Aviation Authority of Singapore to really pilot test and operationalize sustainable aviation fuel in Changi Airport. So it gives you a flavor of all the different levers that we need to harness. Many different geographies and many different solutions at different scales as well. Really fascinating. Bridging the investment gap is a critical challenge in advancing clean energy projects in Asia. What is Tomasic's perspective on this challenge and how does blended finance factor into your approach? So Asia is, as mentioned uh, earlier, it's really critical. It's where we can win and lose a battle in many ways, and it does require multiple trillion dollars of capital. In fact, we did a Southeast Asia economy, green economy report, and you know we need about a $1.5 trillion requirement just to get to the NDCs. These are national determined contributions that countries have pledged by 2030, and we're only at a fraction of what's required. So we need to harness all of the financial toolkits. Uh, and let me talk about a few different levers. One is uh, we have to think about blended finance, not just mainstream finance. And the reason for that is even though renewable energy is already the lowest cost option in most regions around the world, including in Asia. There are actual challenges on the ground, whether it be the markets, where in some cases there are fiscal constraints. Uh, there's also challenges around technical capacity in terms of being able to harness renewable energy. And then renewable energy itself is actually upfront capital intensive. So it's very sensitive to cost of capital. And in some of these areas, cost of capital is very high. It also requires long-term returns and policy stability is really important. You don't have that in some places either. And so there's a myriad of reasons why renewable energy doesn't get deployed at scale, in addition to the fact that many of these regions have very young coal fleets. So blended finance, uh, where you take concessionary capital, and oftentimes that comes from governments DFIs, as well as multilateral development banks and philanthropy, and blending that to really de-risk some of these issues and crowding mainstream capital is very important in scaling. And so we're doing our part by uh, partnering with HSBC and setting up this platform called Pentagreen Capital, which is doing blended finance through uh, debt financing and sustainable infrastructure, including clean energy in Southeast Asia, and crowding in mainstream capital and in fact, it just did its inaugural deal uh, where it's doing a mezzanine construction loan uh, really with Citicorp Renewable uh, Energy to be able to scale uh, solar projects uh, in the Philippines and crowd in other debt financiers as well. So that's a good example of a financing tool that is extremely critical for the region. But also, I just want to put in a plug for transition financing as well, because I do think it's really an important part of the toolkits. And some places, the taxonomy doesn't really enable you to do that. But the Singapore uh, Monetary Authority of Singapore's uh, taxonomy actually, I think, has taken a good approach of opening the aperture to transition financing and taking a traffic light approach to how we want to be able to transition the global economic system. I just want to pick up on that note of transitional financing. So it's clear that Tomasic Holdings is making significant strides in building these pathways 
to a sustainable future. How is Tamasic actively collaborating with its portfolio companies to reduce carbon emissions? Scope one, two, three. Yeah, no, it's a great question uh, because we do have to do the hard work of engaging and encouraging our portfolio companies because we are a long-term owner. So we're not in the game of divesting purely because it has high carbon exposure. And so what we're doing is we have multiple modalities of engagement. One is we can convene. We do it through a very large convening called Ecosperity, but also through targeted convenings where we have a sustainability council that brings our portfolio companies together to raise awareness share best practices and identify pain points where we can actually partner and try to actually uh, catalyze and collaborate. And we do that also through one-on-one engagements where we have a very methodical engagement, where we applying a climate transition readiness framework. And from that, understand where some of the pain points and bottlenecks are. And if you can actually work with them to actually bring the synergies together and the Singapore ecosystem synergies to really be able to pilot and test bed and scale solutions that will accelerate the decarbonization and again, future-proof the portfolio. So there are a number of examples of us doing this. You know, we talked about Singapore airline and sustainable aviation fuel, but also um, we've been partnering with Singapore, uh, the SP group, uh, as well as uh, Tampanin and MSC, the Ministry of Sustainability and Environment, uh, to actually do the very first Singapore-based brownfield district cooling project uh, that when it's actually operational in 2025 is going to result in significant energy savings, so much more sustainable cooling for the company, uh, somewhere around 2.8 uh, million kilowatt hours. I think that translates into about 17-18% energy savings, so it's very significant. So that's a good example of some of the support and collaboration that we do. And then another example, just to contrast and compare, is really a business model transformation. I'm sure many of your audience members have read and seen that uh, Semco Marine uh, merged together with Keppel Offshore Marine to create Citrium. And that merged company is now really leaning in to transition and actually capture the growth uh, that comes from doing more uh, offshore clean marine solutions, including renewable energy. So two very good examples of project as well as a business model transformation. Well, thank you. We just love these examples on this podcast, this Ucast. I wonder if you have any more specific partnerships or collaborations that have made a significant impact in helping Tomasic achieve its sustainability goals that you can share with our listeners and viewers. Yeah, I mean, we have so many partnerships. So in the interest of time, I'll only highlight a few. Uh, we do really believe in radical partnerships and collaborations, given, again, this has to take a systems approach and we've got to augment and bring our capabilities together. And in some cases with investors, also scale third-party capital, right? So let me give you some examples of investment partnerships and ones that cut across investment, you know, value chain, the growth cycle. So a good example of this is uh, we are a, a partner and a participant with Breakthrough Energy Ventures in its select fund that specifically is looking at late stage clean tech companies helping them scale and uh, really enable them to build facilities in key markets, including, of course, Asia. Uh, we also have a 50-50 joint venture with BlackRock. It's called Decarbonization Partners. It just uh, raised over a billion dollars, and it is deploying capital to late venture and early growth investments to turbocharge the decarbonization of proven technologies around different markets. 
Kyunga, you're responsible for integrating ESG across Tamasic's global portfolio. So please share with us what key strategies you believe are essential for a successful energy transition towards a net zero world, especially considering Asia's unique challenges and opportunities. Uh, it's a big question, um, but perhaps I can bring some of the threads of things that we just talked about. And as mentioned earlier, Asia is really at the heart of this. Uh, it's a critical uh, requirement to transition and do it in a sustainable, just and inclusive way. But it's also an opportunity to really leapfrog, right, and be able to harness the green solutions and really catalyze green growth. So I think it's an incredible opportunity for the region. And to do this, we've got to harness all of the different tools. We talked about not only taking a linear approach to this, but really bring a systems approach. We want to scale the green solutions, but also bring the company industries and really help them transition again in a socially just and inclusive way. We talked about the importance of radical collaboration and partnerships, certainly public sector and private working in concert, but also uh, you know, early stage companies with these innovative technologies the incumbent companies working together, right? And stitching together the value chain, including the enabling infrastructure is incredibly important, given many of these solutions really require a systems approach to scaling. Uh, and I would say the example that I mentioned around investment partnership, how investors can work together and collaborate in mobilizing capital is also absolutely critical, which then brings me to the fact that we have to harness all of the financing toolkits. So we talked about blended finance, transition finance. We didn't talk so much about carbon markets, so I'll put a little bit of a plug into that because I think it's actually a very important part of the financing toolkits, where if you can really get high integrity carbon markets going, even on the voluntary side of things, and be able to deploy capital to help carbon reduction and removal, given the time value of carbon, it's much more critical to deploy these solutions today than it is to wait until 2040 or 2050 and say, oops, we weren't able to get there and try to do this. So I think it's a critical part of the toolkit. And it's also a way to get financing into the global south where we need a lot of that capital. So many, many different tools that we have to harness. And the last thing I'll just say is, we all as individuals have to step up and take action as well. So I just want to make that plug as well, a call to action for each and every one of us. You know, this has been such a unique opportunity to look at Tomasic's toolkit and strategies and just how it invests with tomorrow in mind. Thank you so much for joining us. My guest today is Kyung Ah Park, Head of ESG Investment Management and MD of Sustainability at Tomasic. Thank you so much, Kyung Ah. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Until the next Sucast, I'm Michelle Martin. This Ucast is brought to you by Singapore International Energy Week and Money FM 89.3 in partnership with ExxonMobil.